This is the Brothers on Books podcast, the greatest podcast with the best brothers talking about the best books. Please welcome your hosts, Jack and Alex, the Brothers on Books. What it do, what it do. This is the Brothers on Books podcast, where we find great books that will give you real value and actionable steps and have fun in the process. Please reach out to us at brothersonbooks at gmail.com for any book recommendations or if you'd like to be a guest host for a particular book you have in mind. A great review or rating on whichever platform you're listening to this would be greatly appreciated. And lastly, if you can think of any friend, family member, or coworker that might like this episode, please pass it along. For the original episodes, the OGs, please visit brothersonbooks.com. I am Jack Allwile, and today I am doing a solo mission. Now, I got to say, I'm quite tired. I just did a pickleball, like a round robin tournament with eight total people. So we played seven games with each partner, and I am just dead. And I was one of the two worst players there. So tired, but I hope I can share some cool insights with you on Becoming Your Own Banker by R. Nelson Nash, who from my understanding, is considered like the godfather of the infinite banking concept. So the infinite banking concept was conceived by Nash in the early 1980s as a result of his personal experience in several business activities. Nash received his BS degree in forestry from the University of Georgia in 1952 and worked as a forestry consultant for 10 years in North Carolina. He spent over 30 years as an agent for two major mutual life insurance companies. He has been active in real estate investments for 45 years. He has spent over 50 years in the study of the Austrian School of Economics. And Nash formed the Infinite Baking Institute in 2013 with a couple others. The mission of the Institute is to promote privatized banking through the use of participating whole life insurance and to formally train financial service industry professionals as authorized IBC practitioners to better serve the public. Uh, that's a lot. What does that mean? He talks a lot about how cool things are often constructed by using something in a different way than it was intended to. And he talks about banking through insurance. And one of the cool examples quickly in the beginning that he talked about was, you know, if you were asked to sum up the numbers one through a hundred, how would you go about it? And it's kind of cool, but you just start in the middle at 1551. So that adds up to 101. And then you can go one higher and one lower. And then you'd have 49 and 52. And you'd also have 101 there if you had those up. So you basically have 50 sets of 101. And then if you go 50 times 101, you get 5,050. And that's just a shortcut. So he's basically trying to say that you should be looking to for the correct environment or a correct quickie, or I don't know if you want to call it a life hack, but just look at things differently than they're how they're intended to be used. And he kind of talks about how we've been programmed to outsource the banking function in our lives. And every time you spend a dollar, you're either basically foregoing the opportunity cost, the interest from not investing in somewhere else, or you're actually paying some interest. And he goes through a lot of those charts in the book and explains how the average American pays for every dollar they spend a lot is going to interest. And that's basically that this process, while it's incredibly long-term and 
it's a, a very delayed gratification, it really can ramp up and really just supercharge your life. And I find it interesting because I, I do work as an actuary and we're dealing with these mortality tables, these insurance products all the time. And it's amazing to me how few people have even really heard of this concept. So I really give Nash credit for being creative and trying to educate people to take back the banking function in their lives. Now, if you want more info on this concept, we did interview Chris Noggle, who co-authored Mapping Out the Millionaire Mystery in episode 15. And I did do a solo mission on what would the Rockefellers do, which was episode 29. So those are also good resources to get more familiar with it. And Al and I have been talking a lot about this, and that's why we've already done so many books on this concept. But uh, I think it's very interesting, and I'm still a little iffy on some things. So the more I read, hopefully, the more I'll be comfortable. And I think I just need to use it because I now have two whole life policies, and there are restrictions on how much money you can dump in the first seven years. Otherwise, it will trigger unfavorable tax implications. So it's important you don't overfund it over what they call the modified endowment contract limit, because then you wouldn't get the cool tax benefits. Now, one thing I really liked about this book was I was expecting to see a lot of charts and numbers, but he talks a lot about the psychology and kind of five factors he talks about that you really have to get control of because it's not really in our nature to combat these. So one law he cites is called, he calls Parkinson's law. And he says that this has got to be overcome. And this idea is that work expands to meet the time envelope allowed and how a luxury that was once enjoyed becomes a necessity, kind of like air conditioning. You experience air conditioning and then you just, from there on out, you oftentimes see it as a necessity. And I think that's why on some of these wealth shows, a lot of times the advice is to live like a college kid or or live below your means for as long as possible. Because the more you can save early, it'll just amplify and that delayed gratification comes into play with people that did what a lot of people wouldn't do early on. So, And as Dave Ramsey says, do what others won't now so you can live the life like others want later. Another law or factor that he talks about is Willie Sutton's law. Now, Willie Sutton was a bank robber from 1901 to 1980. And when asked why he robs banks, he said quite shrewdly, that's where the money is. And Nash's point on this one was whenever wealth is accumulated somewhere, someone will try to steal it. And he talks about the history of the IRS, and he says the biggest thief is really the IRS. And all of this started because of the income tax law in 1913. There's a funny, I'm guessing he's French, his name is Frederick Bastier, it looks like. The state is the great fiction whereby everyone tries to live at the expense of everyone else. thought that was a good quote. The third factor he states is called the golden rule. And probably not the one you're thinking of, but he says, you know, whoever has the gold makes the rules. We've somehow given up the banking function in our lives. He does mention Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrugged here. I'll go over some more books. He he mentions a ton of different books. He's a very well-read man, it seems. 
And giving up the banking function has led to a tendency to think many problems. I guess it doesn't mean just the banking function, but the larger government gets has led to a tendency to think many problems are outside of your control and you look to the government to fix them. Another factor is the arrival syndrome. When you stop learning because you think you know things. And there's a good quote by Daniel Borstein, the greatest obstacle to discovery, the shape of the earth, the continents and the oceans was not ignorance. It was the illusion of knowledge. And Chris Noggle brought up this quote a lot too, but it's not the things that you're ignorant of per se. It's the things you think you know that just ain't so. The fifth factor is he, he just calls it use it or lose it. And he talks a lot about it in the book about how it's not just as easy as looking at the interest rates. It's not just borrowing at 3% and lending at 4%. In all cases, you, you want to look at the nominal amounts of interest you're paying out versus the nominal amounts of interest that you're collecting. And something he emphasizes is the liquidity aspect of this and the startup costs of getting financing or like starting your own bank and also the acquisition of financing. So like if you're trying to look for a company to lend on your house, you have to go through that process. It takes time. You have to go on phone calls. You have to go through underwriting and you have the closing costs associated with that. So there's a lot of costs that go into just getting financing in general. And he thinks that, and I I think he's true. And I mean, now that I think about it, and I I guess I didn't really think about this that much, but just the cost of going to get financing, there's something in that. And this process of using a, a overfunded whole life insurance policy as a banking system kind of gets rid of those frictional costs associated with going out and looking for financing. Now, before I had heard about this infinite banking policy, I was kind of viewing real estate in the houses that I invest in as kind of a forced savings plan, kind of like how these whole life policies are used. So if I have something financed at 6%, well, if I still have money that I owe on that house, I can just keep paying down the principal and I've locked in a 6% return on that money because I need to pay that. And if I pay extra, I'm locking in the 6%. Now, the difference though, I guess, is once I have that house paid for, it's not super simple always to go out and convert your illiquid house into liquid cash. Whereas this whole life policy, you would be able to just basically just click a button and request a loan. And the loan is given to you with the whole life as collateral. And God forbid you were to die that loan amount would just be taken out of the death benefit. So I think kind of paying down a mortgage and investing in these whole life policies is similar. There's a lot of things in common. There's a little more, I think, risk with the house because the market value of the house could go up and down. Whereas with these whole life policies, they are guaranteed a certain percentage. And oftentimes you'll get the dividend, which is really the amplifier because it's like it's your bank and you're getting dividends put back into your policy. So I guess I would say that the crediting mechanism on the house idea is just the market value of the house. Whereas this whole life policy, it would just go up 
year after year after year, uncontested, basically. And I think Noggle and some of these other people that are proponents of the infinite banking concept would say that it's not even really an investment because it's really just saving. There's, they say there's no risk. So I guess you could debate that on some level. But yeah, so I, I enjoyed this book, Becoming Your Own Banker, once again, by R. Nelson Nash. I have a couple policies now and plan to use them more frequently. I wanted to just point out some of the recommended readings. He's got so many books listed in the back. So the ones that stuck out, I mean, Anne Rand, Atlas Shrugged, he mentioned a couple of times, The Battle for the Soul of Capitalism by John C. Bogle, Inventing Money by Nicholas Dunbar, The Retirement Myth by Craig S. Carpel, The Social Security Fraud by Abraham Ellis. Those are just some, but there's a lot more. And even gave a shout out to Robert Kiyosaki's board game, Cashflow. That was kind of cool too. So with that, please reach out to us at brothersonbooks at gmail.com for any book recommendations or if you'd like to be a guest host for a particular book you have in mind. A great review or rating on whichever platform you're listening to this would be greatly appreciated. And lastly, if you can think of any friend, family member, or coworker that might like this episode, please pass it along. Now, our next book up is Inside Out Coaching, How Sports can transform lives. And that is by Joe Ehrman. Hopefully I pronounced that right. So that should be a good discussion for next week. And hope to see you there. I hope everyone has an enjoyable start to the week. Thank you.